Welcome to Summer Camp Programming Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. And today we are excited because we have a guest in-house. Woohoo! Love having guests. And with us we have Cricket, uh, who has been in camping for a while, and she is a wealth of knowledge. But today we're going to be talking about, specifically about inclement weather and, and kind of preparing for your programs when it's raining or when the weather is so hot and humid, you need to keep the kids indoors. Uh, so welcome, Cricket. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. Can you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your experience with camps? Sure. I grew up in Indiana, went to Girl Scout camp, day camp, uh, Y camp my whole life. And after I graduated from college, planned to teach and Things just changed in my life, and I ended up with a job working for a Girl Scout council that I had worked at the summer before and was a field director, then became a camp director. I directed a camp in the Adirondacks and became the property manager. Worked there, and then in the late 80s, came to Philadelphia to work in the suburbs for a big private day camp where I worked for 30 years and retired two years ago next month. And I hired staff, did programming, and I ran a teen travel program for 29 years. A teen travel program. So what did, uh, how did that work? I'm just curious. I traveled for <laughs> eight weeks, um, depending on the year, four to ten day trip, four days to ten day trips uh, with different kids. In the beginning, it was small, and we the kids came the whole summer, went home on weekends. And Whoa. then as on, we added... 10-day trips where we went for longer, traveled on vans in the beginning, coach buses, and we were basically tourists in the summer. That's cool. So that it is cool. It was interesting, but certainly changed over the years with electronics and yeah. safety and security and, you know, a lot of those issues. So it was very interesting to do that Rocket Adventures program, though. We When I, when I uh, was working for one Parks and Rec department, we had – a travel camp, but it wasn't really travel. Every day we would take, it was day camp. So every day we would take a group of kids to a different location in San Diego and do activities there. And then of course, bringing them back at the end of the day, uh, doing multi day was, uh-huh. was something that would be, you know, it was always kind of on my mind to put together, but I was like, Ooh, that's a lot of logistics. That's a lot of, you, you're talking about the safety issues and, I know that's not what we're talking about today, but it always interests me. Lots of things to think about. And we stayed in hotels and, uh, you know, traveled to the Midwest, to the Northeast, uh, south to Atlanta. So, you know, mostly tourists. And there was always a couple of amusement parks every week. And it was um, really a lot of fun and very interesting. But just the dynamics of things changed. And I thought, "Mm, Uh hmm. ready to not do this. <laughs> it was great for a long time. It was really interesting. And a lot of people still do travel programs. It still is happening out there. So cool. it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, so we are talking about now, I, how do you say inclement weather? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Inclement Ooh. weather. Inclement. Okay. Is this, a, is this to... a new word for you, Chris? You no, know? but I, I felt like you said it different than I hear it. Inclement. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even want to say it. When it comes to bad weather. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so what are some things like that you prep ahead of time that you, you try and get ready? Like what, what's important to get done before it gets here? Well, I think the big thing to consider is having rainy day schedules and a lot of camps don't have them. Some camps take their specific schedules for their campers because they have a specific schedule. It's not a lot of maybe choice activities or where the children and the staff make decisions every day what they're going to do, but they have a pre-done schedule and they can fill in and they can look and say, all right, well, they go to arts and crafts or they go to cooking. They go to specific things that can stay the way they are. We don't need to change those. But what do we do about all the sports activities? What do we do about swimming? And have a plan ahead of time. There's nothing worse than, to me, than the directors getting together in the morning and saying, okay, what are we going to do today? It looks like it's going to rain. And the kids and the staff are sitting around waiting for people to make decisions. Right. It's harder to get schedules out to people, to share the information. And having a plan and having schedules ahead of time and hopefully never needing them is really, in my view, the way to go so that you can pre-plan. You can have some things packaged, have things ready that a counselor could come and pick up a Ziploc bag with bingo in it. Or they can they can pick up a craft project that's already done and packaged in a crate. What, whatever it is that you have ready to go for them that they don't have to do all the work. They can pick something up, they can use it, and then they can return it. I think that that's kind of a, a good way to go. You also need to look at what space you have available. Some camps have no space for uh -huh. indoors, and some camps can afford to take their kids out. Some can't. Some aren't in a place where there's any place to go. You, you have the extra issue of the safety of traveling in bad weather. So you really have to look and say, okay, what do we have in camp? What can we use? And sometimes I think that can be a problem for camps, too. You may have great indoor space, and you think, okay, we're going to play – this game in the gym every period but what if kids come back more than one are assigned more than one period you have to have a variety so the kids aren't bored uh -huh. with what they're doing too right well and also you're talking um it, it could be raining or really hot or what have you for half a day or it could be all week long and if you've got one you know you're scheduled okay well we've got this rainy day scheduled for one day what happens if it doesn't stop raining, right? Well, that, and, yeah. That's what happened a couple summers ago when people it rained and it rained and it rained in some areas of the country. And I think there were people who just said, I'm glad I don't live on the East Coast because right. it's really bad, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And you really do need to look at having a couple days or maybe three or four days planned ahead so that you can then kind of revamp and say, okay, well, how did the first day go? What did we do well? What do we need to change for tomorrow? Because it may not have gone exactly the way you think. Or the staff may not have done what you needed them to do. And what do we need to change up a little bit? Sure. The, the heat to me is not as bad as the rain because a lot of times you still can be outside and you can use sprinklers or mm -hmm. you know find a shady space to do something a little bit more. But when it rains... And then it's lightning and thundering. And then you're building floods. And then you have no power. And, you know, those <laughs> kinds of things that keep happening, you need to think, well, how what could I do if I didn't have power? What could I do an activity where we're telling stories and we're going to make a fake fire in the middle of the room with a flashlights and everything so we have a different activity? So how creative can you get when you don't have the things that you think you're going to have? Right. And 
so that flooding or you plan something and the the campers are going to be in one space and they're supposed to be there for 45 minutes and at the end of 45 minutes they're <laughs> supposed to go to another building and it's lightning and thundering and it's not safe to let them leave that building so now they're going to be there for another period so they really have to have something else ready to go up their sleeves so they can change it up instead of saying well we just finished that for 45 minutes now we have nothing to do so it's that having some activities pre-planning having some things packed having practiced some of it during staff training so mm. that the the staff kind of know what they're doing and how would we run this activity um and also i think that's hard for some camps their kids are three years old to 14 or 15 and it's really hard to put three-year-olds in 12-year-olds in the same room to do an activity <laughs> unless it's led by someone up front that has the kids in different groups and they can they can do activities. So there's so many things you have to kind of put on that list of what do I do with these kids if. Right, right. So many variables. And, and a great activity is to send the kids out in a thunderstorm um, with metal rods. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So hold the flagpole for the, the first one over. to get struck wins. <laughs> well, you know, I think part of the problem with with when we have situations with like letting them play outside, if it's just the light rain and and yeah, there's the mud puddles to jump in, or you want to do something, but are they deciding they're going to slide down this hill in the mud that's got rocks on it? Or <laughs> I think that the you know the sad part is the video "Who Will Care When I'm Not There," where the rain change the water it was one thing before and now it was something totally different and the counselors really weren't thinking about that mm -hmm. and then you end up with a tragedy and the problem mm -hmm. i think our problem is that a lot of our counselors don't have whether it's the common sense or the experience to make some of those decisions so when it comes to bad weather we have to make some of those decisions for them and say well this is acceptable this is not acceptable so that they they have those parameters. Sure, yeah. sure. You know, you, you talked about um, having like packaged things and, you know, grabbing a Ziploc bag. Do you have any tips or, or tricks on how to kind of label those and package things up and what should be yes. packaged up? Yeah, One of my favorites. Um, the day camp that I worked at, we had an area, again, we had to look for some place to put things because storage is a problem for a lot of people. Right. And we oh, ended up oh. with a space that was under a staircase. So when you came down the stairs, there was this empty space and we put shelf units there and that's where they checked out rainy day things. So some things were in Ziplocs and I'm a lover of Ziplocs. Mm -hmm. You know, they come from uh, one size to fit a deck of cards where you can put on the outside that there should be, you know, 52 cards because right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't all know that. Do um, <laughs> they make the big ones with a, which actually has a handle, which you could easily, if you had a room, you could hang up on hangers, which we did with our costume closet. But you can really put a lot of things in different size Ziploc bags. And labeling what's there is what's important because when you say to counselors, do you have it all, they don't <laughs> know what all is. Right. They don't know how many red checkers sh should be there, oh. black checkers, or that the game should have a board, a spinner, 12 pieces, a pencil, and a pad to keep score. If all those things are on there, it's real easy for somebody to say, this is what we need, count the um, checkers, or is the pencil here, or whatever. And then when it gets returned, whoever has been assigned to check things out can also recheck things before they put them back on the shelves. Mm. Because again, that's a problem. If 
if somebody used them. So what if they lose a checker? I can buy a checker, box of checkers at a garage sale for 10 cents and replenish it. But there's got to be a plan to replenish. But things can go in crates. Things can go in plastic buckets. Um, buckets are great if you don't have a lot of storage room. You can put hooks on the ceiling in a room and hang the buckets and write on the bottom of the bucket what's in it. Oh, there you go. You know, so when you look at making it easy for people to have those things, garage sales, thrift stores are great for games because games are always great if you're in a small space for a short period of time. Or you can take an Ikea bag if you live near an Ikea, those wonderful big blue Ikea bags. And for, you know, $1.50, you've got a great storage bag to throw, you know, 10 games in and put in one location. Right. Or pack the bingo game or the craft projects or whatever it happens to be. Uh, You know, one of the rainy day things that people love to camp, and girls especially, boys like them too, but boxes with bracelet stuff to make friendship Mm -hmm. bracelets. It's a simple, easy thing, and it keeps kids busy, and it may be a short-term thing, but those kinds of things that a counselor can just grab and go and then return and can be refilled and having supplies there to refill. While the period's going on, the person who's handing the stuff out can work on replenishing and then putting things back on a shelf. That kind of thing, I think, works, works well if you can get things prepared and ready to go like that. Some areas also have indoor space, so, you know, the the mesh bag with the sports equipment separate from what they're using outside during the week because nobody wants to go to the sports shed and get it on a rainy day. It can just be ready to go <laughs> to the location. So there are a lot of things that can be done that way. So the prepackaging to me is the most important, important thing, you know, Sharpie marker on the outside of whatever the container is. So All they right. know what they've got. I love that because they they do the council. Oh yeah, I got it all, and then they'll come back like, well, we didn't play it right. I'm like, why not? I think we were missing a piece or something. And so I love having. Here's right. what you should have in this bag. <laughs> because they don't they don't necessarily know, but they know you know if it says on the outside how many of everything they're supposed to have, then it's much easier to to have uh-huh. the kids help put everything back, and then mm-hmm. have it ready for the next person. Now, when you, you store all this, I know every camp has different size storage spaces and things like that. And any Anything you see that have worked well, like with storing this stuff, is there a certain space that works better when you're looking for spaces? What What's kind of the best thing to do for that? Well, I, I think really what camps need to do is see what space they might have. They may not realize that they don't have any space. Uh-huh. That they, you know, there is space. They think, well, I don't have any space to put it. But if you look at, for instance, crates that will stack up or something that can hang on a wall uh-huh. or you can hang a rod and you can hang all of like the big Ziplocs on hangers, things that make it easy and don't take a lot of space. And there may be that closet you don't use or the corner of a room. At um, the day camp I worked at, at Sesame Rockwood, we had a big room in our rec barn and we ended up taking about six feet off of two sides. And that six-foot space on one side became one long room and is just filled with program supplies, carnival games, pieces for games, that kind of thing. The other six-foot piece, which is really long, it's the whole length of the room, is a costume closet now. So it's really organized. People can go in. They can take Uh things. We didn't miss that six feet off of each side of the room because it was big enough. We still had a big room. And we managed, but now we have two big spaces. Uh-huh. So we ended up kind of taking space that we didn't think we could lose, 
But once we did lose it, it really didn't matter. And we ended up with more really good usable space for other things. So we can also pull all those carnival games out on a rainy day and have carnival games to play. Because we had a lot of games that we, you know, that we made that were simple to, to mm. do. So it is looking for that space that you may not realize you have. Because I know space at a lot of camps is a, is a real problem. Or it could be the little shed or the pod type of, of building that you could put someplace that you could put things in and ultimately will make things easier for you, I think. Who, who would go and get the stuff and get it out? Because that's the other thing with space. You almost like, okay, the program director knows where it's at. Or, or did the counselors go? Or how did it work? Like who went and got the stuff? Well, the way we did it, counselors could go and get it okay. because of where where it was. They just knew during staff training that they went down mm -hmm. to that area and at the beginning of a period and checked out what they wanted to take back to their bunk, wherever. Or if there was a group that was going to the picnic grove and two IKEA bags needed to go there, then that would be the program staff who made sure those IKEA bags got to that area with oh with that so um if it was decided that carnival games are going to be used on a rainy day then that would be staff program staff who would have people assigned to make uh -huh. sure they got out into that room for that period or the specialty staff the sports staff would be assigned to run things on rainy days so they knew they were going to be in the rec barn and these were the groups they were going to have and this is what they were going to use so again it's that schedule who's going to run it who uh -huh. needs to make sure the supplies are are brought out that kind of thing and I've, I've heard camps say before like for instance pool staff who think well I'm off to, you know it's raining I don't have a job and that's an important thing when you're talking to people about the job is well on a rainy day you're not going home you are going to have an assignment to help run an activity that in our case the directors uh, age level directors and specialty directors were assigned to a location to run an activity, but then they were assigned staff to help them run that activity. Uh, picking out stuff from the rainy day shelves more often was counselors who would go and grab something because they had to spend the next 45 minutes in their bunk doing an activity and then they could get at, they could get mm -hmm. the things. But it's that having things ready to go and having them prepared and turn in their plans ahead so it's not like, well, Kurt, you're going to be in the lower rec barn today, and um, okay, what are you going to do? You right. know, not as, not assuming that they're going to do something that they. He's, that, he's getting the lightning rods. That's what he's doing. And he's yeah. going outside <laughs> with the play in the rain. <laughs> I, I like the idea. I really like the whole hooks on the ceiling and putting the buckets mm -hmm. up there. Um, can't use under the stairs because Harry Potter moved back in and he's yeah. under the stairs. So, um, unfortunately. Now the so it sounds like with uh, the way that you would usually have like rainy day activities if the activity was already indoors cooking or something like that they would continue to do their program and then like the sports or maybe ropes course and and that type of thing they would come in and do a different program what are some of like the programs maybe that they would do like your sports people if if they had a limited space what what kind of activities would they, would they run anything at your camp when it's limited space sometimes it can be hard but there are so many games and activities that can be done inside and when we were talking about ideas i think one of the benefits to camp people today is having the internet and being able to just look at pinterest and 
um, Google. And, you know, when I, when I started out, I mean, I still, I still have all of my old new games books, you know, and you would go to a book to look for an idea, you know, you couldn't go on the internet and and just so many different ideas. And a lot of the things I know that Joel at Camp Ramacoy does a lot of things. They're, they're very lucky to have a lot of indoor space, but he will do a lot of things that if a group was supposed to go to hockey, he'll have a similar activity to do inside whether it's with smaller, softer equipment, or it might be a tabletop game, but it still might relate to hockey, or it might relate mm-hmm. to soccer. So depending on the, the space that you have. The rope staff, if there's a tent area or something, can certainly do team building activities and still do a lot of what they already know, it's just in a different space. And if they only have I mean, you know, a 12 by 12 room and they have you know 15 kids, they're going to do some activity that's going to be for a much smaller, smaller group. But I think trying to keep a schedule, to me, there's nothing worse than being an arts and crafts person and expecting a group of 15 or 20 kids and you've got a project, you have everything ready to go. And now all of a sudden you get 35 or 40 kids Mm. and some of them have already done that project or they're scheduled to come tomorrow and if the kids who are supposed to be there didn't get to do or finish what they were doing, now we've screwed up their schedules too. So if if you can keep as much as possible the way you did, that can work out nicely. If, if you have a dining hall or a picnic grove and in between lunch periods or dinner or if you are overnight and have breakfast too, then you can use those areas to do some, some activities and have different people um, do the activities there, but trying to keep them close to what those people know in terms of skills. You can sit on the floor and pay, play buns on floor, beach ball, volleyball, you know, and you don't need to be running around and need a lot of space because the kids are all sitting on the floor and they're using a beach ball. So you can still tie in a lot of those to what they still were doing. And then the staff who are running them, it's somewhat in their realm of, uh, interest and skill, and you're not sending them to do something they have no idea of what they're going to run. I, I just send. The, hey, you get to do this. <laughs> I just send the counselors back to the cabins with their kids and say, "It's on you." No. <laughs> Good luck. Good, Good luck. luck. Well, problem, that's what a may lot the of odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> and on a rainy day, it's not so bad, especially if you're an overnight camper. Even if even if you're a day camp, to have a period where there the counselors can you know, suggest an activity or somebody's going to read a, a book um, to the kids depending on the age of the kids and they're going to they're gonna read a little bit more every day. So if you've got a couple of rainy days, they're going to add on. But when it just becomes a free-for-all and they're going to be doing things in the bunk that you really don't want them to do, um, <laughs> then that can be more a little more problematic. So the counselor who does want something to do. But you may have to send kids back to their bunk to do something. You just don't want them saying to their parents, we sat in the bunk all day and did nothing. (laughs) Right, right. Thanks for paying for camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, having things available for them is is really, to me, the key there, so that if they do have to do that, they can have something. So do you have a schedule kind of for every day, or is it kind of like, okay, here's the – this is what soccer team does. If you have a rainy day, this is your schedule. Or do you have one like this is the Monday soccer, this is the Tuesday soccer? Well, the day camp that I worked at had, um, we had a five-day schedule. 
So what the kids did on Monday, they did every Monday. So we had a five-day rainy day schedule. Okay. So there was a sunny day schedule and there was a rainy day to match it so that Mm. the kids knew where they could see where they were going. The counselors knew. The specialty staff knew where they were supposed to be if they – you know, if it was going to rain and there wasn't going to be soccer today, then the director of sports would make a schedule and say, okay, well, the two of you are going here to work with this and the two of you are going there to work with that. So they knew ahead of time where they were going and mm-hmm. it could be changed up if it needed to be depending on how the morning went or the day before went or they needed more more campers there. And it depends on the kind of schedule that that you have. You know, a camp that has all choice activities is going to have to have a totally different kind of schedule. If it's all electives where the kids choose to go, that's going to change completely compared to where you have a schedule with bunks. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's knowing, well, how am I going to replace free play today? Or how am I going to replace gardening today? You know, what things can we still do and what things can we not do? Well, I like I liked the idea that, you have a rainy day that mirrors, you know, that Monday. So there's the regular Monday schedule and then there's the Monday rainy day schedule. So oh, yeah, yeah, if if the director were to say, okay, rainy day schedule today, then the counselors are like, okay, let's, we know what we're going to wow. do or the, all the staff would know what they're going to do. And it makes it every week. Okay. It's kind of the same thing where it's not, Hey, we have a special, you know, thing that we're putting together for this rainy day kind of thing. I, I like that idea. Well, and if you've got a schedule like that, to be able to do the mirror schedule, mm-hmm. that works out great. Uh, right. There's a lot of overnight camps that use the day one, day two, day three type of schedule. So then you would have a you would have a rainy day for day one. Exactly. So what, yeah. so what yeah. if we do if that happens? But if you, if you have the kind of thing where there are some camps that are strictly the – almost free play. Oh, right, right. And That's there's different. a few things assigned. Then you have to look at, all right, if they were going to be doing fort building with their group this two hours, which there are some camps that do that. There's a couple of great camps in California that have a lot of really open activities like that where the group makes decisions about what they're doing today. Then it's a matter of we have to look at where you're going to go. Right. Now, now it's cardboard fort building inside. It could very, like, could very easily be, you know, build your boats for yacht or not today. Um, right. Kind of thing. So yacht or not, I love that. You know that that kind of thing, or you're preparing for a carnival that's going to happen next week. Well, maybe today for, you know, one of the periods on a rainy day, we're going to make all of our signs for the carnival for next week. Hmm. So looking at what your programming is and how can we then use that space and time on a rainy day to have the kids start to do some things for an all-camp activity or are we going to have a theme activity in the big room and the counselors are there's a bag and the counselors are all going to put on you know harry potter glasses and hats and we're going to have a harry potter activity so it makes it more interesting for the kids when they when they come so there are some things like that that you can tie to a future event and let's have the kids help make signs or the games or whatever we're, we're going to do. There's some of those kinds of things that can be done too. There's so many camps with so many kinds of program that right. it's, you know, how, how do we best One size out? does not fit all. 
No, it definitely it definitely doesn't. But it's the whole idea of sitting down and saying, okay, what would we have to do to keep our kids busy on a rainy day? Who do we need to get involved and what kind of planning do we need to do? You're such a Girl Scout. Be prepared, right? Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, is a girl, it is a Girl Scout thing. I think that's where, you know, I learned a lot of my let's do it ahead of time and plan. And I also am one of those people that I don't like to spend a lot of money on things. And I've worked for camps that it, not that money's no object, but that we could have whatever we needed. You know, we bought what we wanted to do our program. And then you look at camps that they barely have, you know, $50 to spend for the summer for their program supplies. Right. And they have to get everything either donated or find it at a yard sale or, you know, someone's getting rid of these games. I'll, I'll take them. You know, there's always a use for something and always a way to do it. It doesn't have to be an expensive proposition to do it. Kids don't always need things that are are very, you know, real expensive. You can do a lot of things with sure. a lot of leftover junk. Right. You know, <laughs> you know like, the, like I said, the cardboard building, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, the cardboard's free. You know, so um, there's a lot of stuff out there. So it's it's not that it has to be everything that you go and spend a lot of money to prep or um did, did did you let the kids go outside uh, during light rain to do anything? Did you have any specific activities or just kind of let them play? We didn't as much at day camp. There were some times that at the private day camp that I worked at, but we used to do stuff with Girl Scouts all the time. It didn't matter. You put on your boots, you put on your poncho, right? And you still, you know, you still went and did things. So I think there's real validity to to that. Again, it's the safety thing, and I think the safety thing has come into it more than when I was a kid. I don't think that anybody thought about safety as much as <laughs> as as they do now, or uh, you know that that's different. But I think it is giving some direction as to what's okay, so you don't end up with those kids who were out in the mud and mm-hmm. ended up sliding down the hill with the rocks, and now they're all hurt because right. they, you but- know that. But it is nice to, you know, I, I feel like a lot of parents these days are like, it's raining, don't go outside. Yes. You oh, know, yeah. where when I was a kid, it was raining, we got on our bikes and we went, oh, you know, I mean, we still did stuff. And so I feel like camp is one of those places where the kids can still kind of play in the rain and, and kind of, we never got to do this. This is awesome, you know? Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so. it's making, it's, it's giving them some parameters so that. Right. You know, if if you're just having rain, that's one thing. You're having pouring down flooding rain and uh, lightning and thunder. They may not make the best choice. <laughs> so, that's true. A little direction um, as to what's what's okay and what's safe in in that sense. But I think kids playing in the rain and you know, hopefully they thought about mom or dad thought about packing a poncho, possibly in some cases. Mm. So uh, they're Wait. not really drenched and cold if it's a bad you know if it's a cold day then they're dealing with that or they go inside one the next period and it's air conditioned and right it's it's looking at what are we gonna do but now outside in the rain there's so many things you can still do you can make little uh paper boats and float them along the little sewer just as long as they don't go down the sewer and there's some crazy clown (laughs) you don't want to deal with that Uh, do you have any other uh, any other questions there, Chris? 
I don't. I when I was even thinking like some of our counselors and lifeguards, it could be a a cloudless day, and like I, I'm pretty sure I heard thunder. We we better go inside. What? <laughs> Like oh, oh lifeguards. We better we better close the pool. I heard thunder. I'm like, you it's somebody it's a probably a neighbor shooting a gun. Get back on your boats like don't, well, you know, you don't I, need to... I think the one thing with staff that and and like you see it I think with specialty staff, um, more just because they're assigned to help do things, but mm-hmm. nobody wants to see anybody else sitting around and not having to participate on a, no. a rainy day mm-hmm. or a really hot day. Or, well, we didn't have anybody come to tennis, so we're off. Mm-hmm. But the kids all ended up coming somewhere else. So I think the whole idea of everybody having a place and knowing yep. where they're supposed to be and helping out with a maybe being assigned to a bunk to help or a group to help with something on a rainy day can can really be important. And I think when it's really hot, that is also, you know, a situation where that can be that can be an issue that. The fairness thing always comes up, but people do want to see everybody participate and and something. I think that's important, too. Well, I think the big takeaway is definitely to uh, if you're at a camp that, you know, you were caught off guard when it rained this past summer or is really hot and you were like, I wish we had an indoor program is to think now's the time to think about, you know, scheduling, you know, making your schedule, whether it be that mirror Hey, here's what we do on Monday. Or if you're more of a free choice camp, kind of coming up with plan B, C, and D and just being prepared where, what is everybody going to do? I think that was an important part. You know, what are your lifeguards going to be doing and your ropes people and games and, you know, getting those boxes ready and get those zip locks and, and start marking everything, all the, you know, supplies for the game that are in that Ziploc bag. And now's the perfect time to start doing that and just getting prepared. So uh, thank you for kind of sharing all of your knowledge and and what you've done at your various camps that you've worked at. Thank um, you, guys. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, Did you have so anything much. to add? No, I think that uh, the, the being prepared and planning ahead and starting now, you know, it's the old uh, when people say, what do you do all year? Um, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, actually, sometimes it's kind of fun to plan some things and have to sit down and not have it be a real major busy time, but you can just take a few minutes here and there and start to see what have I got, what do I need, you know, hit the garage sales on Saturday occasionally, (laughs) and, uh, you know, what can I do for camp? Asking the staff when you're communicating with them, well, what went well, what would have helped us to have ready for you on a rainy day? Asking their input or what would they have liked for their bunk, now's a good time to be doing that kind of thing too. So you can start to be planning and not wait so long. I also uh, have found that if you ask some of your staff, if they're local, and you say, hey, we're going to put all these games in Ziploc bags and we need somebody to kind of write out what's in them, that a lot of times they're happy to volunteer their time to come in. Or if you're going to do a few days before even before uh, staff training, it's good bonding time just to sit around and you're like, okay, how many checkers do we have? And write that down, especially if it's a new staff with an old staff, kind of, you know, gets them talking. And uh, yeah, there's a lot you can do with your staff, but you're right. Just having that game plan uh, to go into it. Now, I know that you're, you're old school cricket, but do you have any 
any way that if people have questions, they can reach out to you or social media, email, anything oh, so, you want to share? Sure. Certainly. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. So people can, there we go. you know, friend me or message me there. Um, not a problem with that. And, um, I don't mind emails at all. I'm cricket one, two, nine, five at Gmail. I'd be happy to share information and, you know, back and forth if people have questions or ideas and that would be, it would be wonderful. I never mind, you know, I <laughs> never mind sharing ideas and handouts and things I've put together in the past and, and that kind of thing. So I'd be happy to have people get in touch. Now you were at Tri-State this, this year, right? I've been to every Tri-State. I've I'm never the- been. I, Chris or I have never been to Tri-State. Yeah. I've heard great things about it. You so, need to come to Tri-State. I think so. I think this it's, might be the year. <laughs> you really should. It's a great conference and a lot of great presenters and great information and wonderful exhibit hall. And Yeah, I've been to all of them. I was on the steering committee the first nine years and been I on the program that. committee for many years. So um, it's a great conference. So. Depending about my health, depends on whether I'm there, but I haven't missed one yet. Oh, so. yeah. I hope uh, I hope it all works out, and I hope that if I go, I see you there. Yeah. hope that, that I can great. make it. Chris, we should go, man. I know. I got to plan that. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> I added into yeah. my already busy schedule. <laughs> it's great. It's a great conference. For anybody who hasn't been, it's it's uh, it's a good conference. It's a great value. Atlantic City is a great place to be, too. So Right. <laughs> well, thanks again, Cricket. It was really yes, uh, good having you. you on. Thank you very much, guys. I enjoyed it. All right. Have Goodbye. a good one. All right. So hope you enjoyed that uh, episode with Cricket. She's great. A lot of great ideas. I, I think we could probably spend a couple hours with, yeah. you know, and move on to other programming and uh-huh. Girl Scouts seem to be some of the most creative people mm-hmm. in, in the camp arena. Well, even the amount of work that she put into all that, it's just, it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah. Getting everything ready. Got to be prepared. That's that's a hard thing for me is always being prepared for prepared. every eventuality. What is that? Is that a song? It's- yeah, it's from Lion King. That's Scar's oh. song. <laughs> the, uh, the hyenas walking. <laughs> This is the Summer Camp Programming Musical Review. Musical. (laughs) Well, from around the campfire, this has been Chris and Kurt. Thanks so much for listening. 